Job chapter 2, verse 3. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on the earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. So I, I write uh, in my commentary on this or my response to it is the conflict in heaven over the integrity of Job has seemed to be a battle over the soul of one man. But as we will see later, this represents the struggle faced by all men and women. And I end with saying we live on a battlefield. We do, not, do we know the terrain? Are we properly armed? Do we even know the maneuvers of the enemy? And this is a great reminder to not focus on the maneuvers of the enemy, but to certainly be aware of them. I often recommend to people that they read through the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis once every three years. I don't want them reading through it every month because then we're focusing too much on those maneuvers of the enemy. But I personally read through it about once every three years, maybe a little bit more than that. Because there are so many subtle ways that the enemy is operating. I don't even necessarily see it right away. I'm led into a lustful thought or a greedy thought or a little moment of gossip or arrogance when I'm looking down on other people. And I don't even necessarily spot it for what it is at first. I just think it's a natural, you know, instinctual response to what's happening around me. But when I remember that there's an actor out there, the enemy of my soul, combining with my own flesh, my own sinful instincts, I need to become more aware and vigilant so that I can stay focused on God and ask for more and more of the spirit of Jesus to indwell me to overcome those things. What would you recommend as, as from the position of pastor to a, a any anybody that's at Stanwich Church or anybody you meet, uh, how do you uh, how does one respond? Because I would say, if you are if if you are the center of your own universe, in other words, if if your life is everything, uh, it's very hard to see the enemy at all because actually the enemy might be right next to you or in you, you know, or you, you don't see the world as a battlefield uh you know for in our own time the enemy was always over there somewhere mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. germany japan russia china you name it uh all the political figures would uh, and the army the navy the air force and all would make the enemy over there we're in a very uneasy spot in the united states today because those enemies have somewhat dissipated and kind of vanished and now we're stuck with ourselves and now we're starting to look for enemies within. Mm -hmm. um, not that we haven't done that in the past, but I think they are externalizing the nature of the enemy because you're talking mm -hmm. about spiritual warfare, mm -hmm. whereas they're talking about mortal warfare or, uh, you know, based on physical stuff. And yeah, and I think something that's not often talked about when we think about the importance of church 
something that's often overlooked is something very simple that we do every single worship service at Stanwich, and it's the confession of sins before we go to the communion table and are reminded through the bread and the juice of the broken body and spilled blood of Jesus. We have a moment where we acknowledge our own failures. We acknowledge that we have failed to love God with our whole heart, mind, and strength. We failed to love our neighbors as ourselves. And I find this to be a very powerful and important process to go through every single week. You know, as a pastor, I have, I have the privilege of being able to do it multiple times every Sunday. I go to the communion table with every worship service. But it's a good reminder that the enemy, yes, there are enemies out there in other nations. There are enemies right here within our borders of um, you know political enemies. But really, the line between good and evil goes right through the human heart. And for us to have an, an honest self-reflection, an honest awareness of our own sin, of the ways that the enemy has crept into our own minds and our own hearts, and to bring that to the table, and more importantly, even than being reminded of our own sin, is to be reminded of our Savior. And that's what we do at the communion table. I wish everyone in America, I wish everyone in the world, would have confession of sin and a moment at the communion table once a week. I think the whole world would change for the better if we all went through that process. You know, for some reason, I felt when I looked at this, when we were, I was preparing for this uh, thing, I uh, this uh, discussion, I, I went to, I'm just going to quote this because I think it pertains to what we're talking about in at least part of it. And it's from Isaiah 40, very famous. I discovered it in a window in London when I was sitting listening some, to very boring people talk. And so my eyes wandered away and I found this quote, the grass withers, the flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fades, but the word of our God stands forever. And I had a revelation at that moment. Uh, the Bible says it, I mean, Isaiah says it so perfectly here mm -hmm. that time, if you look at life physically as a physical thing and only a physical thing, time is not on anybody's side. Mm. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's something, but, but if you have the word of the Lord, what you have is... Uh, that you have something that will stand forever. Uh, and I think it's very, you know, it's, it's a very important to have that in your own understanding. 